Hey there, and welcome to You Talk. I'm Brian Funk. You Talk is a program dedicated to diversity, highlighting native-born and new Canadians' cultures and experiences. Art has been an integral part of civilization since humanity's genesis, where we share you know, massive epics of heroes, capturing the essence of life around us, or telling a story about our world or personal journeys. However, if some don't have access to the supplies or resources they need, we may never see the world's next great prodigies. Art for Aid is a not-for-profit organization that does just that, put art supplies in the hands of those who have none. Colleen Gray is both an artist and founder of Art for Aid. She discusses the importance of sending resources to remote schools and indigenous communities. Back around uh, 2012 or so, um, when uh, Teresa Spence was up on Parliament Hill and she was fighting for uh, better living conditions for her, her people at Attawapiskat, um, there was a lot of media attention in Attawapiskat at that time. And uh, so I was watching this and um, I noticed in the background of every media uh, presentation, uh, there were a lot of kids watching TV. And so I started wondering what, you know, what, I don't know a lot about remote community life. And uh, I do know that there are struggles, but I'm sure that there is more to it than that. So I went and started digging and uh, started digging at the schools to find out what kind of resources they had available for their, their students. And that's when I discovered that there's um, a very limited amount of quality art supplies available to students and certainly not a diverse amount of art supplies. Um, and so as an artist, that really bothered me. Uh, as a, an Indigenous person, it really bothered me. I thought there's, there's got to be uh, some, um, some equal ground here. Then I discovered that Indigenous students receive 30% less funding than all other students. Um, so that really lit a fire under me. And uh, I started uh, Art for Aid in 2013. Uh, I just reached out to a few friends and I said, listen, here's what I've just learned. And here's, um, you know, I'd like to, to do something to try to address that. And uh, within a couple of weeks, my basement was so full of art supplies, I couldn't even move down here. <laughs> that was pretty wild. People responded in spades. And so that's, I've been doing that for about nine years now. And of course, it has grown in, in reach and scope uh, and, uh, and diversity. But um, uh, it's, it's definitely the heart, of the, the heart of the project is to ensure that there are quality art learning tools and skills labs in schools for, uh, for children. Teachers are often out of pocket if they want to do a special project with kids. Um, they often have to take that money for themselves because it's just not in the budget. Everybody knows that the arts are the first thing to get cut. Uh, and so unfortunately, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's the case in, in Indigenous communities as well. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I, I collect art supplies from people. I sort through them um, and I, I rebox them and ship them out. Um, we try to connect with as many schools as we can. Uh, the arts, the art, um, sorry, the website, uh, shows um, uh, a very comprehensive uh, and detailed look at the schools that we've shipped to. Um, there's quite a few. Uh, 2020 really slowed things down for us with COVID. Uh, we, we immediately stopped shipping out. The last thing we wanted was to be, to be a vector for a, a virus reaching a remote community. Yeah, no, no one wants to be that. <laughs> no one wants to be on that road. Uh, so that... Um, 
that, that meant I had a lot of art supplies on hand. And so we were working to contact some of the, the band offices and uh, principals at schools to just see if we could ship some relief supplies. Being in lockdown in an isolated community, I mean, I, you know, you're going to lose your mind after a little while. So uh, we wanted to make sure that the kids had something to do. And of course, we weren't able to meet all the all the need but you know we were able to ship to a few schools and and try to lighten up some of the the isolation load for for the kids and the parents too right they they certainly use the the distraction of having their kids with their head down in some art supplies um but you know so that that's pretty much how it, it is it's a it's a national project we are now working under uh, i love first peoples which is a registered canadian charity so as a project working under a charity, we are able to provide official tax receipts now, which is something that we weren't able to do before. Uh, I Love First Peoples is also a national, um, a national uh, organization. Uh, they have a, a huge, huge reach. They've brought um, the Grizzlies movie to many communities, uh, Indian Horse. Uh, they brought that movie into many communities. So they've traveled across Canada quite extensively and have made some wonderful uh, network contacts with these communities that fortunately Art for Aid uh, gets to capitalize on some of those contacts and, and reach out and get programs like so-and-so into these schools. Yeah, a, a great symbiotic relationship. It's wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're a phenomenal organization. They work very, very hard. I mean, we all do. Um, and they're they're like me. They're volunteers. They don't get paid either. So we're, we're all doing this for just, just because it needs to be done. Somebody has to do it. Uh, it's great to hear that uh, you and others stepping up to, you know, help those in, in need. And especially for, like, budding artists. Like, you, we never know who the next you know, great artist is going to be if we don't give everyone uh, an opportunity to shine. Right? And you can't do that if you don't have tools. There's The, the art that these kids can produce is just incredible. I mean, these are some talented youth in these communities. Um, but it, it frustrates me to no end that, they, they don't have the ability to be able to tap into some of that creative potential to the same degree that kids here in, in Ottawa or Toronto or any of the other major cities are able to, uh, to do. Um, I wish we could change that. It's, it's, a, it's a big wheel to turn, but we're doing it a little bit at a time. You know, it's, it's a, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a really big... Yeah. So what are some of the next steps? You know, you, you help ship uh, some art supplies out to these remote communities, but how do we kind of like build on that as just uh, combined communities, you know, to help out these people in need? Oh, you know, there's so many ways to do that, Ryan. Um, anybody can... can look on your computer and find a school just open up a map you know you can just google uh, indigenous schools canada and you'll come up with a huge list of them contact any one of these schools and ask them what they need um, the rotary clubs have been fantastic they have been very very supportive of of all of my projects um, and you know they're they're always looking for ways to help right now we have um in garden hill first nations uh, the school there, uh, one of the teachers there has reached out to Art for Aid and asked if we could provide them with some library books. Uh, they didn't have any books on North American animals. They had lots on African animals, on European animals. Um, and the gentleman, uh, Ivan Harper, who reached out to me, he is a, a teacher who runs a land language program uh, in the school. And so he takes kids out on the land. So he was really frustrated with the the, um, the inability to actually take 
a book and show his children what, or show his, his children, show his students what, um, you know, what a, a wolverine uh, might look like if they hadn't seen one or what a, a moose or a cougar. So we, we set out to, to try to help him with that. And I sent it out. I have a quite a large uh, social media network that, um, that really helps up. They really step up and help. So I sent it out to them and I told them that this was going to be a direct ship. Uh, and so art that which means art for aid would not be shipping it out normally people would send me the art supplies and then i bundle them into big boxes and we send them out so this would be a direct ship where people would ship directly to the school at uh, garden hill and so it looks like it looks like they're going to get an awful lot of books he's also requested um like small plastic animals to show as models so that the kids could see different animals in canada killer whales for example you know in Garden Hill First Nations, it's not likely that they're going to see a killer whale float past their, their front dock. So, you know, that yeah. like that is really a, a useful resource for an instructor in, in a school. So that's just one of the one of the things that we've uh, we've been working on recently. Yeah, for people not in uh, living in remote or rural areas, like we kind of take that for granted that yeah. like, oh, yeah, we just have access to all of this. And just to hear about, you know, kids not being able to have books of animals that live here in Canada, that's that's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, pretty basic stuff, right? And you don't, you know, when you have access to this stuff, you take for granted, you know, that you're going to be able to just jump on your computer and pull up whatever you need. Some of these communities don't have internet access, so, so they can't even really do that. Um resources are, you know, I mean to me. Um, having the available resources goes hand in hand with every level of education. It, it, you you can't um, you can't just draw a picture of a of a, a killer whale and have a child connect to it the same as they could a model or an image in a book where they could learn more information. Um, and I think that's really limiting. I think our our, our students in remote communities are um, having their education curbed by having a lack of, uh, or not having a, a, the proper, sorry, let me start that over again. I think uh, young people in remote community schools are having their education limited um, due to a lack of resources, such as proper books and proper examples of things like animals or fish or, or uh, bugs. And these things are great. Kids love to learn about stuff like that. They love the natural world. So why shouldn't they have these resources available? Exactly. And I mean, hopefully, you know, conversations like this can help put an earwig in people's ears to, you know, get inspired and help out and, you know, support initiatives like Art for Aid and others that help, uh, you know, people who don't have access to technology or information. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Access to technology is really important. It's, I mean, there's, there's, um, very limited uh, uh, broadband infrastructure in many of these communities, but that's changing too. You know, there are positive turns happening with that. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, recently Pekanjikum First Nations just had um, uh, an interaction with Elon Musk and uh, his organization, Starlink. And um, <laughs> somebody petitioned Starlink uh, or sorry, somebody petitioned Elon Musk to come to the community or to put broadband in their community. Um, and they did it. 
so they they now have um, Starlink ac- internet access broadband in Pekanchikum First Nations. Uh, there's also a new project that uh, is happening with uh, you know uh, Genome Canada and the uh, Isle of First uh, First Peoples and uh, uh, Art for Aid. Uh, you're working on creating sewing skill labs in remote communities. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, that's a real. We're so excited about this. I could talk about that all day. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, well, to begin with, I'll let you know, I, I've been shipping out art supplies for nine years now, but uh, I never visit the, the communities where I end up shipping the supplies. Uh, and the reason for that is because it's really expensive to fly. Um, it's like $1,000 just to get on a plane to go to a, a remote community in, in Canada, if not more. Uh, and I can ship a lot of art supplies with a thousand dollars. Like we just to, to give you an example, like shipping is wildly expensive. Um, and I ship through Canada Post. Just uh, yesterday, I sent off a, a shipment of twelve boxes to uh, Garden Hill First Nations, and uh, that was a seven hundred and fifty-eight dollar shipment. Um, so it's not cheap. Um, so the uh, to try to get sewing materials, like we when I went to, uh, hey, let me start that over. Um, so uh, when I started working with, I love first peoples and they discovered that I've never been to any of the communities where I've shipped art supplies to, they decided to, uh, alleviate that. So they took me up to Natwashish in Northern Newfoundland. And, um, there I got to meet the teachers and the students and I ran the earth to sky program up there, which, uh, helps, um, young people connect through art to the natural world and to, um, offers them a bit of insight of um, how an Indigenous artist sees through uh, the eyes of art and, and Indigenous spirituality. Um, and so when I was there, I got talking to the teachers about um, what would they like to see. And so we started talking about a sewing program. And uh, I Love First Peoples and, uh, and Art for Aid began to collaborate on, uh, on a project and with some really incredible volunteers and the Rotary Club jumped in and helped us. Um, we managed to get uh, three perfectly good, beautiful sewing machines and about 150 pounds worth of sewing materials, notions, thread, bobbins, peripherals, right down to a repair uh, repair box, repair kit box with uh, all of the tools needed to repair a broken machine if need be. So we got all that shipped up to Natwashish. They were very excited. And uh, I think uh, I think one of the news outlets ran a story on it. And, um, and so they were really excited. And so we made a commitment to go back and revisit the program and see if there was anything we could need. Could we upgrade them? And they said that they would, you know, they were really loving having the machines, but they wanted to teach their elementary students how to sew. And uh, they didn't, these machines were, they were big machines. So not really suitable for little fingers and not safe for little fingers. So I did some research and I found uh, Genome Canada uh, made a wonderful machine for kids. So we reached out to them and and uh, this is what we, you know, we decided to get this machine. But Genome, when they looked at the machine that we had selected, they said, you know, that machine is not going to hold up to the rigors of, of elementary school education being used over and over and over again. Uh, so they upgraded the machine. So initially, the machine that was going to cost us $160, they upgraded to a $900 machine. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it was a 
well. And so further to that, when they decided to sign on board with our uh, so-and-so project, they committed to um, giving us 60 machines each year for the next couple of years. And then we would um, take a look and reassess the program and see where we're sitting and see how successful it is or where we could make improvements. Um, And then we'll see, you know, how it unfolds from there. Um, So we have four communities this year that we're going to be able to put uh, sewing machines into. People were very generous and and jumped on as soon as we started putting out the ask for uh, funding to buy these machines. People were very quick to help us out. So we were able to amass between Janome's Janome's donation and uh, and what we were able to raise uh, through fundraising. We're going to be able to service four schools uh, in, in northern Canada. Uh, so one of those schools is to be determined, but the others are um, in, we're going to put the elementary students, uh, the elementary program in Natwashish, uh, Pond Inlet, and Nain Labrador. So That's so amazing. It's so exciting. Uh, so we're going to be able to ship out the machines in uh, probably May or June. Um, Janome is also putting out a request for materials to their network. Uh, and people will be using collection points in Toronto to uh, to be able to um, get materials that are going to be donated. Uh, we're going to try and find a location here in Ottawa as well so that we can uh, also collect and people can contribute here in Ottawa. Um, and yeah, so there, we're looking at launching the program in September uh, with all four schools. And so, yeah, we're, we're just crazy excited about it. It's just great. We can't wait to do this. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just fantastic. Thank so you. What are some other initiatives or projects that um, uh, your organization is hope- hoping to accomplish, especially as you know restrictions ease during COVID nineteen? One of the other things that we've just started uh, we've just started initiating was uh, we've begun working with the Bateman Foundation. Um, Robert Bateman. Um, I mean, who doesn't know Robert Bateman, right? He's an incredible Canadian artist, wildlife artist. Um, and the Bateman Foundation um, has begun working with Art for Aid to bring remote community schools online learning. Uh, so what they do is they provide the materials for the student that wants to learn, and they teach uh, students online how to create uh, a good quality sketch. There are three levels to the learning program. The third level um, is a more intensive learning program that a student can achieve certification to become an instructor. Um, so it, it, there's just so many different things that the Bateman Foundation is, is working towards with Art for Aid. And we're really excited to be able to offer online learning to remote community students with the incredible team at, at Bateman Foundation. They've got some phenomenal artists. Um, so that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, um, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really great. Uh, we haven't got, uh, I don't think we have any schools signed up yet. We've got a couple of potential schools, but nothing concrete. So if there's any teachers, educators out there who are listening to this uh, cast and are interested in, in getting linked up with the Bateman Foundation, if you have some students that might be interested in doing some online learning with their amazing artists, and it's all free, there's no cost to the school. Um, you know, please connect with us at Art for Aid, and we'll be more than happy to to get you uh, to get you together with them. Um, let me see, what else are we doing? Um, 
I think that's it for now. I think I, I've probably got other plans in the hopper, but <laughs> just, nothing's coming to mind right now. But I always have all kinds of ideas that I jot them down and I put them in my ideas folder. And, you know, I'm sure like at some point I'll be having a cup of coffee and go, holy smokes, here's a new one. And off I'll go. So how can people help support the organization Art for Aid? We have an online store, the artforaidshop.ca. Um, so as an artist, um, I, I use my art uh, in two ways. So um, when I create a piece of art, um, I use uh, the sales of the original artwork that I create um, go to pay my bills because I'm a volunteer in this organization. I don't get paid um, and I have, I've never taken a salary. I've never taken anything for myself from this. 100% of it goes back to Art for Aid. Um, so this year I started taking the um, money from my original art sales and putting that in my bank uh, as per the advice of my accountant. <laughs> and um, everything that I make from my art, all of the prints, the cards, uh, the posters, um, all kinds of different stuff, uh, we uh, have for sale on our store. And 100% uh, of the proceeds from our store go back to Art for Aid for shipping and operations. Um, we also have... Um, was really, really great uh, for uh, remote communities. I created uh, indigenous language posters in response to the COVID-19 um, uh, calls to action. And when I started looking around at, at all the different posters they had to tell people to wash their hands and to keep distance and everything else, there was very little being represented to, to um, for indigenous language. And I thought that was um, quite a shortfall and so I took some of my art and uh, a few graphic design skills and created uh, Indigenous language posters, um, one as a polar bear, the other one as an Indigenous woman sitting under a tree. And in, uh, I think it's over 25 languages now, the posters uh, say, wash your hands in the traditional language. And so those are available as a free download off of our website as well for anybody that wants to uh, print those out. They're wonderful 16 by 20 uh, high resolution posters uh, and they look fantastic. They're beautiful, they're, 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 they're wonderful art and a nice piece of art catches the eye. And so when something like that can draw your eye, remind you to wash your hands, that is the best way to combat COVID-19 is to keep our hands washed. Um, so that was sort of my way of, of meeting a need that wasn't being uh, met. And now the government of Canada is using them. Um, they're being circulated uh, quite quite a big network. So that was quite a surprise. I was really happy about that. So people can download those as well. Go shopping at our store. Um, we've got some really cool gifts in there. If people want to make a monetary donation uh, and they need a tax receipt, I would suggest you go to I Love First Peoples. Uh, .ca. You can donate in the Go Under programs and you'll see Art for Aid and you can donate directly to Art for Aid uh, and they will ha they have that uh, money put into a holding account for me that I can draw from when I do need it for shipping. And, and I guess just uh, kind of finally, why is it important to, you know, kind of inspire and encourage, you know, the next generation of artists, you know, giving opportunities uh, to everyone? Oh, man. Well, you know what? The next Daphne Ojig, uh, um, uh, the next uh, Ron Naganosh, uh, the next uh, Norval Morriso, you know, these, these kids 
are all there. They're, these artists, the spirit of these um, incredible Canadian Indigenous artists uh, is alive and well in all of these children. Uh, but if you don't have the tools, you can't find that. You, you, you've got to have art tools in order to be an artist, to practice art. Um, and a lot of these kids don't know what they can do because they don't have access to the tools. So I think by putting the tools in their hand, um, it allows them the ability to find that within themselves. Um, Alex Janvier, uh, you know, incredible Canadian Indigenous artist, one of the one of the Indigenous group of seven. Um, Daphne Ojig, same thing. I mean, and the list goes on and on, right? They you know, I don't know what, what kind of supplies they had access to. I only know what kids don't have access to right now. And that's enough quality tools. So I think that if those tools are put into the hands of these children, you're going to find incredible creative crafts and art coming out of these communities. Birch bark biting, that's an amazing, uh, an amazing craft. And it's an endangered, uh, an endangered skill. Um, you know, biting through, biting with your teeth on birch bark and creating a, an incredible pattern. This is this is an endangered art form. Um, quill work. You know, these are all things that are important for kids to learn. Um, and the elders and the the arts people and the crafts people need to have the tools in hand to be able to teach them. So that's kind of the foundation of what I is what I'm trying to do is to put those tools into the hands of these kids so that they can tap into that incredible artist within themselves and share that with the world. You can find out more from Art for Aid on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk, and have yourself a good one.